just a little quick reminder uh, of some reality and some pursuit and some purpose for your life. Without purpose, you'll perish. Without vision, you'll perish. Without a hope, you'll perish. If you don't have anything that you're heading towards, you'll be lost and you'll be stuck and it won't be very fun. And so let's talk just a bit about purpose and calling so that you're not confused. Sometimes people hear the word calling and they instantly start spinning around in circles wondering what their calling is. Uh, it's, not that, it's not that complex. Matter of fact, you're probably fulfilling your call right now. Listen, you're probably fulfilling your current call right now. And so you need to know that so that you can just do real good right now. Like a a high school student doesn't need to be worried about what am I called to do? You're called to study, learn, grow up, (laughs) sleep well, be honest, walk with God, learn your Bible, learn your schoolwork, make A's and B's because you're better than average. Uh, And same thing with adults. Sometimes adults start thinking, oh, what am I called to do? And usually, usually people start thinking fame. How can I be famous? Where did I miss it? How can I be wealthy? No, 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 no. Pull it back. Pull it back. Pull it back. Pull the horse bridle back in. Okay. Just chill out. What you need to do is notice right now, God has called you right where you're at. Wherever you are right now, God's with you. Now you got to be good right here. Today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about your uniqueness. Don't worry about some grand thing that'll make you famous. Right now, just be real good right now with what you're doing. Like, okay, so, so here in church, we had a time of worshiping God and praising God. Be good at that. Amen. Focus on the Lord. Do your best to, to ignore everything else and just, just love on God for a moment. And then we have a two, minute, two to five minute little fellowship break time at church. Be good at that. Amen. Don't be sitting there thinking, what am I called to do? You know, this is not part of my calling. No, this is, you're here. Be part of what you're part of already. That's the will of God for your life. And so you need to start looking at your current step is the one you're supposed to be excellent at. Don't put off excellence for later. Well, one day when I finally hit my big, unique calling that makes me famous, I'll be real good. Not if you don't be good now. If you're not faithful in the little, you'll never make it to the big. And so right now, just be real faithful and good and awesome and wonderful and do all things to the glory of God, even if it's just a two-minute handshake time. Right. Well, I don't like shaking hands with everybody. Well, fake it. Just fake it. <laughs> fist bump. If you don't like shaking hands, fist bump them. Smile. Just put on that smile by faith and love people. They need your little fake smile. I know that's a little elementary for what we're talking about, but uh, it kind of gets the point across. So Colossians chapter four, here we go. Colossians four, verse 12. It's really part B I want to read, but we'll just read the sentence. Epaphras, who's one of you, a bond servant of Christ, greets you always. He greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Notice that, stand perfect. You're supposed to stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now, this is a fellow that was praying for the church at Colossae, but it could apply to all of us. This is a great goal for your life that you stand complete in all the will of God. So the will of God is is big. Lots of aspects to the will of God for your life. It's not just your vocation or your family 
It's all the will of God. Notice that, that you're supposed to stand complete in all the will of God. Go to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Notice these terms. He wants to make you complete in every good work to do his will. Wow, now that's a big goal there. Working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. Okay, so look up here. Here's some goals for us that you stand complete in the will of God, that you work to do his will in everything so that you're well-pleasing in his sight. As a believer in Christ, I'm here to tell you that that is your new goals in life. Your new goal on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, annual basis is to do the will of God and be well-pleasing in his sight. Have you felt that as a good goal? Because you can actually set that goal and meet that goal every day. Sometimes people set goals that are you know, unreachable and then they're disappointed every year, every month, every, at the end of January, everybody's already disappointed because you didn't work out enough. By the end of February, everybody is pretty much back to last year's workout routine. And then there's disappointment that comes. Like you're down on yourself because you didn't do what you said you were going to do. Well, if you'd set some realistic goals, like instead of trying to lose 50 pounds, just lose one pound. (laughs) Set some goals and do the will of God today and please God today. You can do that. And then tomorrow do it, and the next day do it. And you'll see the great feeling that comes because you've stood complete in the will of God today. I'm I'm trying to set some hope for yourself so that you recognize that today you're pleasing God, and, and once you know you're pleasing God, you can be happy all day. The source of most people's disappointment, depression, and sadness is that you haven't pleased God. And in your heart, you know it. I'm telling you, that's the source of most people's sadness. You didn't please God. You weren't close enough to him. You didn't do what you knew you should do. Because every time you obey God, every time you do the will of God, there's a blessing. Amen. There's something special that happens between you and God. And he, he'll, what it will cause you to do is just be able to sit there happy. Amen. Just sit there happy instead of being anxious Worried about what you're about to do, worried about what you didn't do, worried about what's coming, worried about what you missed. Instead of all that, you just sit there. Glory to God. Please God again today. Please God again today. Praise the Lord. I have goals in life. How many of you have goals in life? I have goals in life. Please God every day. Please God every week. I have goals in life. Big goals in life. I have big goals in life. Please God. Every day. Hallelujah. Go to Mark chapter 3. I can tell today will be quick because y'all are listening fast. It's easy. Getting simpler by the moment. Getting simpler by the moment. Mark chapter 3, this is when the uh, disciples 
uh, came to Jesus, it was so packed, no, nobody could get in the house. And it says, uh, verse 31, then his brothers and his mother came and standing outside, they sent to him. So mama and brothers want a little, you know, secret entrance. Verse 32, and a multitude was sitting around him and they said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered and said to them, who is my mother, my brothers? No special ticket for mama and, and siblings. And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, my mother. So he gave favoritism to those who do the will of God over his mama. Is that you? Would you do that? Would you give a special ticket to only your mama and your brothers over those who are serving God? Mama, I would give you a special ticket. <laughs> Do you get the feel of this? Can, can you feel that way? Have you ever esteemed believers in Christ that you're connected to over natural family? Have you ever done that? Jesus did it. He wasn't putting down his mom or his brothers. They were believers, but he wasn't giving them favoritism because in Christ, we're all the same. And you'll see that when we get to heaven. So, so now you do need to honor your parents and you do need to honor your, your natural family, but not more than the body. I thought it was going to go quick this morning, but apparently... Uh, scripture in Romans 12, we've read it many times that you uh, not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by getting a lot of Bible teaching so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, some people teach there's three different wills of God, the good one, the acceptable one, the perfect, but really it's just three adjectives for the same will of God. It's good and it's acceptable and it's perfect. So you're after, you and I should be after the good, perfect, acceptable will of God. Uh, and nothing else really should satisfy us. So don't just take second rate. I know I'm not really in the will of God, but you know, I still love him. Don't live a life like that. That's dishonest and doesn't honor God. Uh, so, okay, what is the will of God for your life? Well, for the most part, there's, a, there's about a, a 10,000 things that we all have in common. Wow. Like we all have about 10,000 of the same exact call. About 10,000, I don't know, 5,000, 8,000, thousands of things that you and I have the same exact call to be and to do. Right. Amen. You're supposed to be the light of the world. Yes. I got the same call. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm here to reconcile the world to God. We got the same exact call. All of us here trying to help others into the light. Same exact call. We're all supposed to walk in love, be tender and kind and merciful to every single person in our life. We've got the same exact call. See, sometimes people don't realize that is your call. What they're thinking is, when am I going to get my badge? When am I going to get my name? When, am I, when do I get the trophy? When do I get the money? When do I become? When do I get my shot? When is it my time? Listen, that's the way of the world. Don't be conformed to this world. You're never going to be an NFL football player. 
except for the one that might be. Anybody in here might be? All right, maybe, maybe, maybe there's one or so in here. Okay, okay, okay. Most of you won't. None of you are going to be famous YouTubers, except for the one that might be. Where is she? None of you are going to be social media influencers, making millions off of sitting in your, in your bedroom, doing little silly stuff. None of you are going to be that. I'm trying to pull you back from the way of the world, the way of the world. Teenagers are growing up with no ambition to be any kind of business person. They're all thinking Hollywood and fame, and, and now I can do it from my, my, my phone. Okay, be careful, be careful. That's not your calling. Amen. That's like one out of 10,000 things you're called to be and do. Be in Christ, number one. Amen. Exemplify Christ. Know God as your father. To know God as father is a goal. And so when, you, you know, when you're in the world, you don't have these goals, but once you get in the kingdom of God, it's like, wait a second. Being a good son to my father, that's a good goal. And if I can just do that, I think I'll be all right. Amen. You know, and being part of a church, you'll see, if you haven't yet, you'll see that, hey, listen, to many people, church is uh, not really a requirement, uh, not really necessary. But once you, once you get closer to the Lord, it's like, wait a second. I have a choice to make here on my weekend time. Uh, so we're talking about being in the will of God all week and on the weekends. And I remember uh, I had to make a decision. It wasn't very hard once I saw the truth. It's like, wait a second. Here I was a young professional with lots of ambition, building lots of life. But then church, every Sunday, that like interrupts half of what I thought I would be doing on the weekend. I couldn't have both. I made a decision to devote my, my weekends to the Lord as well. At least my Sundays. Sometimes my Saturdays. Everybody has to go through that where, okay, wait a second, the will of God for a real believer, for a sincere disciple, the will of God is church life. Church life? You're kidding me. You mean I got to go get to, to I got to start meeting Christians? I got enough friends. I don't need more. See what I'm saying? To, to stand complete in the will of God, church life has to be part of it. Don't worry. It ain't going to last forever today. But for you to stand complete in the will of God, some changes have to be made. You'll have to be transformed. I'm trying to transform you. I'm trying to transform you. The believer needs to go from the world into a transformer. <laughs> Looking like the way of the world is just screaming down the highway into a tran transformer. For instance, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says, This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. To do the will of God, you're going to have to abstain from sexual immorality. I can see a lot of heads down. That's part of it. 
1 Thessalonians 5, here's part of the will of God. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Hebrews 10 says, you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So we're talking about you doing the will of God, focusing on the will of God. How would you know what the will of God is if you haven't opened your Bible? What is the, if you're ever unsure what the will of God is, his word is his will. I know that doesn't speak to your little personal, unique vocation that you might get. But let's do this first. If you'll commit to all these thousands of the will of God, then maybe you'll find your unique place. Listen, if I preached on your unique calling, everybody would be very excited because everybody wants to feel special. Well, I'm trying to tell you, you already are special. You're special to God. You've already got everything you need. Like in heaven, there's sparkles over your name. In heaven, there's sparkles, treasure, beauty, glory, and so stop looking for earth treasure and earth attention. You need to learn how to feel special according to God's word. Because in him, I'm a new creature. In Christ, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. In Christ, I'm like somebody real special. Like I'm a son of God in Christ. Can't touch this. Can't affect me. Can't offend me. Can't hurt me. I, I'm already somebody. I trust that most people think I'm special. And if you don't, so what? Because God thinks I'm special. And if you'll find some real Christians, they'll think you're special too. Anybody that doesn't think you're very special, I wouldn't hang out with them. Wait, let me see if there's any, is there any shouting words I got planned? Anything wonderful? Go to First Peter. First Peter. Praise the Lord. You never know what's going to happen when you read the Bible. Sometimes it convicts. Sometimes it makes you shout. Sometimes it's confirming stuff you already know. But that's why you're here. Praise the Lord. And when we talk about the will of God, we're talking about all the will of God. We're talking about all the good stuff that can come from God. That's the will of God. Like the will of God is for you to be healthy, Amen. healed. You need to know that, that the, the will of God is that every believer uh, is healed, Amen. that Jesus paid for every sinner and he paid for every sickness. And so the will of God for you is that you be well, Amen. pain and pain free. Glory. That's the will of God. Well, why didn't it come to pass then? It's still the will of God. Yeah, but it didn't happen for aunt so-and-so. It's still the will of God. It's still the will of God. Amen. He wants everybody obeying everything and receiving all the good promises even if it didn't happen for somebody, it's still the will of God. Amen. My mom taught me that when I was just a kid. I knew as a little kid that Christians don't have to be sick. Amen. I knew that. Mom told me the will of God. That was the will of God, that Christians don't have to be sick. Amen. Oh, okay, mom. But I grew up thinking we don't have to be sick. So if I ever got sick, uh, got to get healed somehow by God because he doesn't want anybody sick. He'll heal everybody. Amen. And it was so severe that we had family members who believed in God but they didn't believe in healing. And so mom would tell me, now when we go visit, uh, if they talk about uh, colds and flus and don't go outside with your, without something on your head and all this stuff and warning you about all the disease, just ignore them. They don't, they, they don't, they don't know what we know. <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't understand the Bible like we do. So just ignore them. 
So I grew up knowing that there's some Christians that don't understand this. They don't, they don't really realize that we can be healed by stripes and that the power of God is present for today and that I don't have to be sick. I still love them. I didn't argue with them, but I knew that I had the secrets and they didn't. I, I knew the will of God, therefore it changes my life. Knowing the will of God helps me do the will of God. Then as an adult, I get in the kingdom of God and I still know it's the will of God for me to be well. And then I got sick. And then I had to use what I knew to be the will of God to go after the will of God. And it, that takes some courage to go after healing when it's invisible and when you think it might not work and what if it doesn't work and what am I going to think? How disappointed will I be if it didn't work? It takes some courage. Amen. It takes some courage to go after God's will. It takes some courage to disconnect from certain relationships, avoid certain things, change lifestyle, make big decisions of life. It takes some courageous moments. And to go get healed, it takes courage to say, you know what? I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to go after God. Jesus, we sing the song, he's my healer. He's my healer. I don't know which song it is, but I'm sure there is one. He's my healer. Do I believe it? Am I just singing a fake song or is he my healer? So when I need healing, where do I go? When I need healing, where do I go? If Jesus is my healer, or is he my healer or not? It takes courage to go after the will of God when you know it's the will of God. Even though, wow, it ain't gonna, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. Do it anyway. Can I really make this happen? Well, it's the will of God. Might as well go for it. What if I fail? Go again. What if I fail? Go again. You ain't so perfect. You're probably going to mess up. Do it again. I remember my, my friend Angelo told me this story. Uh, he said a, a fellow that was in his training on how to heal the sick, how to lead people to Christ, uh, uh, got the training and went out to his community in the apartment complexes, preaching the gospel on a loudspeaker and trying to get people saved and healed and delivered and all that. And after that weekend, he calls my friend Angelo and he says, hey, I, I, did, I did all that, what you said, and it didn't work. Nobody got healed. My friend Angelo said, do it again. So the next weekend, he went back out. Uh, he preached again, tried to heal the sick, cast devils out. He got back on the phone. He said, I, I tried it one more time. It didn't work. Angelo said, do it again. Come on. The third weekend, he gets the phone call. Hey, hey, it worked. Hey, look, if you believe it, just do it until it works. Just do it until it works. It could be you getting out of sin. I don't care if you failed once, do it. Stand up tall again and be sanctified again and decide again, I'm, I'm going to abstain. I'm going to abstain from talking bad, being mean, fornication. Decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this this time. Isn't that exciting? I remember one of the first times I prayed for, uh, not one of the first times, but I was praying for sick people at my church and I was doing outreach and uh, we had a church family come to get the food that we were giving out at the church parking lot. And a little five-year-old girl comes up with her grandma and her grandma says, she's got a, she's got a sore throat and uh, <clears throat> she wants you to pray for her. So I prayed for her and I said, I, I had her little hand, put, her, put your little hand right here and I held her elbow and I in the name of Jesus, I command the sore throat to go. And I got done and I said, now swallow. And she 
I said, is it better? She said, no. I said, put your hand there again. Pray it again. Same thing. She said, well, it's a little better. Prayed the third time. She swallowed. She swallowed. She swallowed. She said, it's good. You got to try it again. If it's the will of God, you got to do it. If it's the will of God, do it again. If it's the will of God, stand firm. If it's the will of God, don't you dare budge. You act like it's true and mean it. Same thing with provision for your life. Listen, God will provide money for your life. He'll provide all your financial resources that you need. And then some. He'll help you abound with all supply. As long as you have a good plan for it. Okay? Not just so you can have a pile of money to sleep on. That's no purpose. Oh, yes, but it would, make, it would give me such peace. He, well, then you're not going to have any because he wants your peace to come from him. So all these things are the will of God, but he'll supply. So you need to find some faith to trust him with your, your resources, to get you the job, to increase you as needed, to give you promotion, to get a raise every year. Use your faith for those things. Find some scripture. The will of God is that you're fully supplied for. Praise the Lord. He wants your soul to prosper. He wants your attitude to prosper. I said he wants your attitude to prosper. Listen, he and we are tired of your bad attitudes. Are you tired of your bad attitude? Go ahead. If you have attitude issues, go ahead and just, I'm tired of my bad attitude. The Bible says, uh, the, the, John said this, he said, I wish above all else that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, even as your mind and, and that core of yourself, even as that prospers. So you need to prosper in your mind. You need to be a, a better person. The world is mad at everything, grumbling about everything. Uh, Skeptical about everything, suspicious about everything, mad at the world, hates the, the world, always mad at the country for something. Oh, this and that and this and that. And I can't believe and I can't believe. And did you know? And did you know what they? And did you know what? That's the world's way. I see that it's some of your way too. Come on, you need to get your attitude right and act like a Christian. Jesus was happy. Jesus was happy in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Yes, he was. That you're, you and I are supposed to shine as lights in the world. In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. You thought these days were crooked and perverse above all else. But the scripture was written thousands of years ago. They had a crooked and perverse generation then. You ain't so special. You think you're so special having to deal with all these sinners. Why don't you be a Christian and go save a sinner instead of complaining about a sinner? Listen, there's too many, too many churches complaining about sinners everywhere. How can you save them if you're complaining about them? I guarantee if you're complaining about sinners all the time, you haven't led anyone to Christ in years. 
I've actually told churches this. I've actually told ministers' conferences this. That if you're complaining about sinners and sins all the time, I guarantee you haven't led anyone to Christ in years. I'm not looking at anybody. (laughs) Around here, we expect all Christians to lead other sinners to the Lord. Come on, you're in the midst of people I'll never see. You got to save their soul. You got to go after them. You got to care about people. You have a call. You have an obligation to sinners. If you're saved, you have an obligation to the unsaved. If you've received eternal life through Christ, you have an obligation to help everybody else out there that you see and know come to Christ. Every single person. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Where'd I say to go? There's the studious ones. First Peter. It's towards the end of the Bible. We're almost done here. First uh, Peter chapter one, verse twenty-two. Seeing, First Peter one twenty-two. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. In sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Just to show you how simple it is, this is the will of God. To purify your soul in obeying the truth. If you'll obey the truth, your soul will get pure. Through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren. All of a sudden, he's going to throw in that you're supposed to love the brethren. Like you got to love each other. Look, do a little practice. Look across the aisle. Look, look around and decide, do I love each other? Do I love these people? Look at these people. Tell your family member that you're with. Say, look at these people. We have to love these people. It'll purify your soul if you'll start loving them. Listen, if you'll start loving the Christians, it'll purify your soul. Now maybe take a look at your spouse. Won't you love the brethren? Pure, pure love, just be real good to them today. No evil words, no harshness, no unkindness. We can go eat wherever you want to, babe. We can go eat, we can do whatever you want to do today, babe. Uh, love one another fervently with a pure heart having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So you were born again. And so your new birth is perfect. Not with corruptible seed. Your new birth is perfect because it's the word of God that uh, lives and abides forever. So this word of God is going to have to be part of you. Got it? Everybody for it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So just do the, do the word of God all the time, and man, we're going to have a great year. You'll have a great year. You'll have a great life. You'll have a great afterlife. Just do the, do the word of God. Look at uh, chapter 2 here, verse 15. For this is the will of God. Well, he's talking about verse 13, so we read 13. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme... Aren't you glad it doesn't say president? To governors, as 
kings and governors. No, presidents included. The spirit of this scripture, even though it doesn't say president. So we submit to kings and governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do good. Now, again, if, if the, the kings and the presidents and the governors try to stop kingdom work or church work, we don't obey. We just don't. Just like Peter and John were commanded not to preach Christ, they preached Christ anyway, they got arrested, they got let loose and said, don't do it, they did it anyway. So when it comes to the kingdom and to preaching and to growing the family, we continue the work no matter what the, no matter what the president, the governor, the mayor, the Harris County judge says. We're just going to obey God instead. But everything else, we're going to honor those in authority. Some like that and some are thinking, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm first committed to the Lord. He's my authority. He's my first authority. We did a message one time called, who's your governor? Like I'm not led around by the nose by my governor, unless you're talking about the Holy Spirit. He, he's our governor. The governor gets to tell you where to go. Same word for rudder. Governor and rudder, same thing. The rudder steers the ship. Holy Spirit steers us. Amen. Anyway. <clears throat> Verse 15, for this is the will of God that you, by doing good, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the, the harsh. Okay, so employees, be submissive to your bosses. Make your kids be submissive to their coaches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the will of God. These are, this is the will of God. Amen. So you have a lot of things on your will of God list. You should make a will of God list. You should make of here's my goals for the year, will of God list. That's how you should live your Christian life. That's how you should read the scriptures. We, we owe it to the Lord to fulfill our purpose, and it begins with the word. Purpose doesn't begin with your degree. It doesn't begin with your talent. Purpose begins with the word of God. And you'll find everything else is so smooth. You'll find that you'll, you'll run right into the grace of God for your life. If you're, if you're in any kind of confusion about what you're supposed to be doing for work and such, uh, you're looking for the grace of God. That's all you're doing is looking for the grace. What does that mean? Looking for the ability that God has given me. That's all you're doing is looking for the special grace that God has given you. It doesn't have to be completely different than anybody else's. It could be a very, be a very, be a very basic. It could be a very basic, just basic, like common. Lots of people can cook. Lots of people can flip burgers. Lots of people can manage a, a store of some sort. It could be very basic. It could be very unique. It could be very specialized. Doesn't really matter. You find what you can do well and you do it well. You don't need to be your, an entrepreneur. You don't need to own your own business. If you have the grace to do it, you can, but many people are trying to be their own business person. Don't have the grace. They're not called to own a business and be their own leader. They need to submit to someone. They need a boss. There are many, many people that need bosses in their life or you won't succeed very well. 
Many people are not a number one, they're number two. It's okay to be a number two. It's okay to take orders. It's okay to get your instructions from somebody else. If you're a number one, you better have the juice. If you're a number one, you better have the internal juice to make stuff happen. We tell preachers all the time, if you're called to the ministry, you have to have an internal engine that is nonstop getting this gospel spread. And so many don't. So many thought they were, and they, they don't really have the juice. They don't have the grace. They don't, they're not called to that. And so they try to step into a, a role number one, and they fall flat. And then over years, they finally admit, you know, I'm probably not a senior pastor. I'm probably not. So you need to know, all you're doing is looking for the grace of God for your life. Where do I flourish? Where do I, man, where can I, what can I lift? What can I do? How do I, I'm, I know I can do this and that, but I can't, I have a hard time with that. Make sense? Praise the Lord. First Peter four talks about suffering according to the will of God. We'll skip that one. We'll skip that one. Y'all aren't, y'all don't even have any ears for that one. Go to first John chapter two. We'll end here. First John chapter two. First John chapter two, verse 15, do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. You could camp there for a little while, huh? If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. So don't be too enamored by anything out there. Not even the latest cruise ship. I'm sorry. Some of you are probably on a cruise ship right now. I don't know. When you're on a cruise ship, can you watch the services live? You got to pay extra? Okay, if you're going to take a cruise, Sunday morning, we will see you online. Verse 16, for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. There's a purpose in life, and it's to do God's will. Isn't that exciting? Praise the Lord. I'm closing the book. You've heard me... You've heard me say that when I got into the kingdom, people were talking about Jesus coming back. Like he's coming back. You never know. He might be, he might be coming. I want him to come. Everybody wants him to come. Lord Jesus, come quickly. I'm like, stop praying that. I'm like, stop praying that. It's like, I just got in. I want to do something in the will of God first. I, I want to do something. I want to serve God. I want to add some souls and so I, I actually prayed this to the Lord. I said, Lord, I, you know, if you come, I get it. But I would prefer if you waited at least 10 years. 10 years. Give me 10 years to serve you faithfully. But since I have delayed so long in getting here, I just felt like I had this, this vision of a filing cabinet open and my little manila folder getting pulled out. Chas Stevenson, Charles Ralph Stevenson, Jr. Did you just get saved yesterday? There's nothing in here. I'm like, I need to fill that baby up. So how many of you, how many of you could use a few more things in your heavenly folder? You can start today praying in tongues a little bit extra. 
the Holy Spirit will help with your infirmities because he makes intercession according to the will of God. Makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. If you'll pray in tongues, you'll start bumping into the will of God all the time. He'll, re- he'll remind you a lot quicker and easier. If you've been pr- play- praying in the spirit, he'll remind you not to be mean to your family. If you're not praying in the Holy Spirit, you're losing treasure in heaven every day. Wow. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.